Okay, and welcome into the Throw It to Hooper podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Gear, and I'm here today with the devilishly handsome Anton Pizarro and the super cute Hagen Gardner. And we are very excited to bring the first podcast episode to you. We did do this episode yesterday, and uh, Mr. Hagen was not here, and I was also way too far away from the mic, so we're going to be dropping it today. Welcome in, Anton and Hagen. Do we have anything to say to our 10 fans at the moment? Throw it to Hooper! Throw it to fucking Hooper! <laughs> So the story behind Throw It to Hooper is our buddy Andy, a guy I grew up with, Andy Schneider. Shout out Andy, he will probably be on the next week's episode. Uh, He got really drunk after he got an internship opportunity. He was super excited. We went to Pigskin. We're all drunk, but Andy's on another plane of existence. We come back at halftime. It's the Browns-Ravens game a couple weeks ago, and he just kept yelling, Throw It to Hooper! Throw It to Hooper! Meanwhile, keep in mind, Austin Hooper did not play in this game. He was not on the field. So I thought it was a fitting and appropriate name for the podcast. Um, And today we're going to run down a few things. We're going to be talking uh, Browns last week. We're going to do a little overview of what we saw. Then we're going to be getting into the preview of next week's game. um, Some hot takes. uh, Our playoff takes for just this round. But we're going to start it off with some boomer takes. So Anton, I'm going to let you go and uh, give your boomer take of the week. All right, guys. Thanks for having me, Spencer, also. Um, my boomer take is actually going to be some sort of a anti-boomer take. It's a quote from at Big Show RPM on Twitter. He says, Baker just a Johnny Manziel Jr. He just going to fizzle out in two years. Crafting lying face. Crying laughing face emojis. Um, this one's pretty self-explanatory, and it also includes a gif of Baker Mayfield grabbing his a, uh, private parts and pointing it <laughs> towards the Kansas City or Kansas uh, bench when they had that controversial game. Hey, what do you got? Thank you for having me also. Um, I hope I get to do this a few more times. But I don't really have anything on Twitter. Um, it's more of an ongoing argument with my father that he'll just randomly text me that Baker Mayfield is nothing and he can't see over the offensive line. Um, that's, that's always my favorite boomer take. Gotta love that one. Gotta love it. Uh, Mine is from an account called uh, Browns Trump on Twitter. And his quote is, If I had a vagina, and it would be the greatest vagina ever, and it would be the greatest vagina ever is how he spelled it, I would let Miles Garrett put a baby in me. So, um... Oh, in it. Oh, in in it. it. Not the uterus. Oh, so... Just in the vagina. Just right at the Yeah, just in it. Oh, real curveball there. I don't know how the baby works like that, but um, Browns Trump certainly knows more about vaginas than I do. So, (laughs) we'll get into it now. Uh, What we saw last week, uh, Anton, you can start. I think we saw a little bit more of a vanilla playbook. You can sort of get into that. Uh, Yeah, um, the Browns obviously started off very hot. They had that long Nick Chubb run, and things were looking good. But something that the Browns tend to do, and they've done it all season long, is when they get up ahead on teams, or it doesn't even have to be a team, in the tier of the Steelers, but sometimes they'll get up on a team and then they'll kind of fizzle out through the middle quarters and then it seems the other team will come back and then they'll have to stage some sort of comeback. Uh, Hopefully that's something that doesn't seem to be a theme in the playoffs. Obviously you want to see these guys come out ready. And Again, this is the first time since 2002 that we've been in the playoffs, so they really just got to show out, honestly. But hasn't that been like the story all season? I mean same broken record every game like you have yeah. to come out and play for like 60 fucking minutes absolutely like, you can't just keep doing this like it's painful to watch especially mm-hmm. when you're 
playing teams like the Jets like we do. Like excuses aside, like we're a better team, better football team. We should be able to run the ball. Like that's not. Yeah. I mean, they're supposedly have the best offensive line in the league. I, I kind of think we do, but it's it's going to come down to Baker Mayfield. It's going to come down to what Baker Mayfield can do in the playoffs in a big time situation. Is he the quarterback that we drafted him to be? And he has those moments, too. He does. He, he showed out a couple times this year, more than what we've seen in the past. And it's going to come down to, can he come out with fire, get it going, get Jarvis involved, get Hooper involved? Obviously, we want to throw it to Hooper. Um, <laughs> always throw it to Hooper. Always throw it to Hooper. But we just need to see the elevated style of Baker Mayfield that we have seen a couple times, that Savancy's gotten out of him a few more times. Uh, but we can't see this skittish, moving his feet, prancing around in the pocket, looking nervous, Dropping the ball on the ground three times in a game and throwing two picks to kind of Baker Mayfield. We need to see the Oklahoma, I'm cocky, I'm grabbing my dick, Baker Mayfield. That's what we need to see. Fuck Oklahoma. What, that Ravens game, we lost. Yeah, and he, he that was, was the best I've ever seen him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we need that Baker. We need yeah. that Baker in our running game, and I think we will be fine. The team's facing a lot of adversity right now with injuries and things just pertaining to COVID right now. And, and drag racing. Not, and drag racing. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Hollywood Higgins and Jedrick Wills for that. Um, but this is a obviously it's a no excuse game for Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Like no matter what, there's you can't really make come up with anything else other than you got to play sixty fucking minutes and you got to play hard and get a finish Next strong. Yeah. Exactly. How do you guys feel about Batonio? It's a big loss. There's Tony just no hurts. way around that. I mean, Nick Harris did a good job stepping up, but. You know, it's like it's Nick Harris, a rookie, versus a perennial pro bowler and Joel Batonio. And it sucks really for Joel Batonio a lot. Like, he's been here for Hugh Jackson, all the shittiest seasons. He's walking for Deshaun Kaiser, Josh fucking McCown. Hey. And now, like, and now he can't play in this first playoff game. Like, that's just, it seems so unfair for him, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think Nick Harris showed a lot about, like, what he's about. And I think he's learning and growing behind the offensive line that we so important, especially for offensive linemen, just nurturing them, like getting them ready for. I mean, run blocking, pass blocking in the NFL is obviously just a completely different game once you get there. I mean, you have the best of the best coming in, fizzling out. I think he has shown that he's taking a lot of what Teller, Batonio, all of them are really showing on the field every every week. I mean, when's the last time Cleveland's had a rushing season? I mean, I mean, when's the last time almost anyone's had a rushing season like this? Like, outside of the Ravens and the 49ers last year, there's not really teams that do it like that. I mean, there's a freak called Derrick Henry. In the yeah, but, like, <laughs> two rushers, over, like, near 1,000 yards or over 1,000 yards is just really impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, moving into next week, uh, what do you guys think is going to be different? Um, our prediction, who's going to win, what's the score going to be? Uh, Hagan, you can start with that. Uh, prediction, what's the score going to be, how's it going to go, um, honestly, I believe that if Stefanski was the head coach of this game and he was on the sideline, I would feel very, very confident, very confident in the Browns being able to pull out a win. I think that they set up the Steelers based on their play calling the week before. I really think that that's a huge loss, and I think Batonio is going to hurt us in the run game, and like we said, I mean, Baker's hot and cold. If Baker's hot, I think Browns can win this game. I don't know. Probably 27 to 21. That's what I'm going to roll with. What about you, Anton? Um, for this game, obviously these teams, 
they kind of have the same culture and they like to run the ball. I, the Steelers haven't been able to do it as well as the Browns this season, but I don't think it's going to be a total slob knocker fest. Like, I don't think they're going to be scoring a whole lot of points in this game. I think it's going to come down to how Big Ben can play how, and how Baker Mayfield can, get, uh, can play. Because obviously there's a lot of talents uh, surrounding both those quarterbacks. And I think it basically it come down to both of them. Obviously, both teams have very solid defenses. Um, it hurts for the Browns losing Olivia Vernon with the torn Achilles uh, last week, but they still have Miles Garrett. I think that's not being talked about enough. I know. He yeah. he had almost double-digit sacks with the the Browns this season. He had a lot of multiple sack games, though. Yeah. Like, like, he had so sacks at week six, and then he just turned it up. Especially like when Miles went down with COVID. That's like, true. Olivier Vernon just really came on. That's very true. What do you guys feel about that Steelers run defense, though? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's missing, missing Stefanski, missing Batonio. Yeah. And, and adding in Cam Hayward and probably the defensive player of the year in TJ Watt. Like, yeah. come on. Like, that's – their defense is no joke. It's like you can't talk down and pretend like the Steelers aren't good on de- defensively. I think what's going to win us this game is being able to outscore their offense and being able to limit what Big Ben can do at this point in his career. Yeah, I think turnovers determine this game, honestly. Yeah, just It's going to be one of those games where we're going to need a couple things to fall our way. We're going to need that pick. Yep. We're going to need a fumble. Yep. We're going to need something extra – to go our way and us to make a play, maybe Miles Garrett's trip sack, some sort of situation like that for us to fall in our favor. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to our playoff takes. Let's get into the bracket here, start talking about what's going to be happening this week. It's a pretty interesting playoffs. I haven't seen a playoffs that I've been this interested in in quite a while. Uh, running over the bracket here, uh, the Chiefs and Packers have secured the number one spot, the number one seeds. Then it's the Bills and the Saints with the two seeds, the Seahawks and Steelers with the three seeds, the Titans and Washington with four. Not sure how Washington made it, but as Boozerians made it very clear, they're four and one, and they're actually five and one with just Alex Smith. Uh, Then the five seeds are the Ravens and Buccaneers, the six seeds are the Browns and Rams, and then the seven seeds are the Colts and Bears. So starting off on the AFC, we got Bills against Colts. What are we thinking, guys? Bills, man. Bills Mafia. They've turned it on. They've rallied around Josh Allen. Like, that team is a good-looking squad. Like, fun football to watch. Um, like, what's, what's happening with Josh Allen? Like, Josh Allen went from <laughs> just absolute poop to, like, this kind of poop. And then now MVP. Like, he's, like, up in that. He's in the top three. I just don't think that, like, you can dispute that. I think I, I think if it was between Mahomes and Allen, I think there's a case to be made for Allen. I just don't think you can make it against Rodgers. But I think there's a case to be made for Josh Allen. I think, MVP over Mahomes issue. I think we should just give a call to Carson Palmer's, you know, brother and get him in working with Baker. I mean, if we can do that to Josh Allen, yeah. imagine what the hell we would be working They, like, completely I mean, reworked his mechanics. Yeah, I mean, completely different player. He's been he's been awesome. He's been so fun to watch, and he's just running over people. They're like game like I saw on I think it was PFF's uh, Chris Collinsworth podcast. They were talking to Xavier Howard and Richard Sherman, and they were talking about how uh, the Dolphins were game planning against Josh Allen, and they like have to like bring two tacklers towards him because he's not a quarterback that's going to slot. He's going to try to run you over, which is just which is weird. Yeah, 
Yeah, nobody in the NFL plays quarterback quite like Josh Allen. Do they? He plays like a tight end with a rocket arm that will actually be able to distribute the ball. So Taysom yeah. Hill. Taysom Hill, <laughs> just as athletic with a better arm. Pretty much. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. Who are you, who are you taking, Anton? I got to take the Bills in this. Um, obviously, last week we saw, uh, or two weeks ago, uh, the Colts played the Steelers, and you saw them give up, a, I believe, a 24-point lead against them, and that can't happen against a team like that. But I think I think the Bills are getting hot just at the right time, right, going into the playoffs. So I got to take the Bills here. I'm going to agree. I'm taking the Bills. They're red hot. McDermott's got the offense moving. Uh, the receivers are just like – I was talking about this yesterday to Anton. Um, they've done an excellent job. I think the most valuable, valuable receivers in the NFL are guys that get open. It's not – the guys that can go up and make these highlight plays. It's the guys that consistently get open and are always there and always, they always can separate. And that's what Stephon Diggs is probably the best separator in the NFL. And then you have Cole Beasley, who's really good in the slot, always does his job. And John Brown has is the deep threat. They have a really nice score. And then Isaiah McKenzie, who Anton has been loving lately, had three touchdowns last three week. Three touchdowns in the second quarter, all in the second quarter. The kick return, too. That was, yeah. that was nice. It's crazy. But yeah, at the end of the day, I'm just going to have to take the Bills. The Colts run game looking kind of nice. Jonathan Taylor has emerged, but I just I can't I can't go with the Colts. Phillip Rivers is too old and he has too many kids. <laughs> <laughs> I actually feel you on this one. <laughs> Moving on, we talked Browns Steelers. I'm going to just say my take. I think the Steelers are going to win, and I know that's that's shitty, but a non-biased take. I think that the Browns are going to need some things to go right. And I would love if the Browns won, but I think the Steelers are slightly better coached at this point, especially with Stefanski out, and they just don't have, they just don't have enough compared to what the Steelers have. The Steelers have just more of a complete roster, and the Browns are depleted right now. I absolutely agree. Honestly, this is a Homer podcast, and I want to continue to be a Homer podcast on the day I die. I mean, Jesus Christ, we're called to throw it to Hooper, but uh, I, I, yeah, I mean. Pittsburgh's got a squad. I mean, they straight up have a squad. It's hard to disagree with that. Steelers are really strong, but again, you've seen them play down to the competition this season, so you got to kind of hope that the Browns are going to get those stops again, like you said earlier, and just hope that the uh, the Steelers like will have those mess ups in this game. That's yeah. what's going to determine the game for either side, really. I mean, after that, it's Tennessee or Ravens. I mean, I think the Browns could actually take that. Like either of those. I mean, we've seen, we've beaten the Titans and we've gone down wire to wire with the Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only team that I'm really really scared of is the Chiefs because they would just annihilate our secondary. <laughs> <laughs> the game's over before it starts. But again, like a powerhouse team like that, you've seen them play down yeah, to their competition. The it's been really strange. Ago. They barely won that game on a young or on a young young. I don't want to mess up his name, but Koo, who has been absolutely on fire this whole season. Um, he missed MVP, a field goal, arguably. and it wasn't it wasn't even like a long field goal to tie the game. So you got to wonder what. Ho- hopefully, the Chiefs are going to get over that slight hangover during the uh, regular season. But you've seen them come out in the playoffs and be like down. Yeah, they were they were down in every game. I think they played up until the divisional. Or the, I think they, uh, they might have been the conference. Almost every been, game. Yeah, prior to the Super Bowl, but yeah. All right, who you got? Titans, Ravens, Anton. Uh, again, this is a uh, case of a team getting hot at the right time. The Ravens are showing exactly what they can be, and Lamar Jackson's played fantastically and out of his mind. He's his he's utilizing his receivers well. Marquise Brown has heated up uh, these past few games, caught a couple touchdowns, and 
it's hard to bet bet against the former reigning MVP. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm taking the Ravens this, in this one, and I think they're going to win pretty handily. I think they're hot, and the Titans just almost lost to the Texans. The Titans, I don't think they're that good. I think if the Titans can get up early, Derrick Henry's awesome, A.J. Brown's awesome, Ryan Tannehill's a lot better than everyone thought, and they have a solid offensive, mm, I wouldn't even say, they have an okay offensive line. But if they can get up early on the Ravens, that's how they're going to win. I just don't think that their team is good as good as, as it was last year. I think the Ravens are hot, the Titans aren't, and their defense has looked bad, and I think the Ravens are going to expose it. I think any team with a mm, offensive line and can still rush the ball for 200 yards is, uh, can beat the Ravens. Derrick um, Henry. Yeah, Derrick Henry, Derrick Schmenry. I think Nick Chubb <laughs> on the fucking team would still rush for 200 yards. I think Nick Chubb's better than Derrick Henry. Hot that I'll throw that for my hot take later too. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really care, but like not super hot. Not but super hot. hot. That's a home. That's one to the touch. <laughs> absolutely, but I absolutely think I think Tennessee could pull that out. Are you kidding me? Like, if anything, Baltimore like they're they're human. Like they're not unbeatable. Like they've shown a lot of what their offense can do with the pieces that they've had mm-hmm. last year. We've seen that. Yeah, we like we've seen it all. Tennessee, they run the ball. They control the clock. They keep it a low-scoring game, and if they take the, the lead early, I think it's their game. I actually think that they win against Baltimore. Okay. And they came out and beat them last year, so who knows? Yeah, Mike Vrabel, uh, these are two very well-coached teams, but I I could see anyone giving the edge to the Titans just because Mike Vrabel would literally cut off his own dick for a Super Bowl. <laughs> absolutely. <Yeah>, absolutely. <laughs> the Walsh alumni. The Walsh alumni. He did go to Walsh, guys. <laughs> Alright, moving on now to Saints against Bears. Money Mitch, he's going off. Mitch, is, Mitch has been playing pretty yeah, well. Every fucking time, dude. He just manages to turn it on just to look a little bit like an NFL <laughs> quarterback. And then, right when they think they got it, he just shits his pants. Like, absolutely kills Hey, he, he got there. He, he got the team in the playoffs. Nick Foles, I think they stuck with Nick Foles. That's, the Bears aren't in the playoffs right now. It's the Cardinals we're talking about. So I, you got to give a little credit to Mitch Trubisky. I don't think they should bring him back in the offseason. I mean, maybe you bring him back, but you got to bring in competition with him. you got to, like, get rid of Nick Foles Agreed, yeah. and maybe draft someone, maybe bring someone in. But if Mitch wins this game and leads you to a game against the Packers, like, we've seen that they can compete with the Packers. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to make a little bit of an argument for Mitch here. But I'm still going to take the Saints. They're the most probably well-rounded team in football. They have a pretty complete roster. A very good offensive line, one of the best running backs in football who may or may not be in the game. Um, Drew Brees, obviously the juggernaut Taysom Hill. Um, <laughs> and then uh, solid core of wide receivers, Michael Thomas back this week, a really good defense. I just don't see how the Bears can keep pace with the Saints team. I think that they have a shot. I think that this could be one of those games where it's a huge upset if the Saints crumble. But I think if the Saints play like they have all year, I think it's a Saints victory. Yeah, I mean, like, I would agree. I agree that the Saints are going to win this game, absolutely. I'm going back to what you were saying about uh, about Dickhead over there in Chicago. I No, get him out of that pro. Get him out of the organization. Get Somehow get Matt Stafford, hand him the keys, and let your guys build confidence with him. Like, I, Hagen, are you if, referencing Money Mitch in this argument here? Yes, okay, absolutely. Okay, just for I clarity. Mean, are you kidding me? Dickhead. Like, they have been, like... <laughs> A south, like a quarterback away, like many years. Like they've had a, they've had great defenses. They've had great they pieces on offense. They defense. still do. Yeah. Give someone who can win them games and can throw the fucking football like accurately. 
Give Allen Robinson a quarterback, please. Literally. I mean, anyone. I mean, you can't keep doing like this one game where you look pristine and then go back to looking like you have no place in the league. And I think that's that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, that's absolutely what's going to happen. But I'm rooting for Money Mitch. I hope he I hope he does well. It's fun when he does well. It is fun when he does well. But it's also you know Chicago fans. I I would I, be I feel just for him. hurt. <laughs> I'm probably taking the Saints in this game, but uh, I think the difference between this Bears team and maybe Bears teams of past is. At the back end of this season, you've seen a lot of their explosiveness. Uh, you weren't seeing a whole lot of that. David Montgomery wasn't rushing for 200 yards and, like, well, absolutely going insane. Le'Veon Bell and Zeke. And- <laughs> <laughs> so I could see the, the Bears giving them a hard time, but I think the Saints are going to come out on top in this one. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty much everyone's take at this point. I don't think almost anyone's picking the Bears other than the people that are making a Bears version of this podcast. So I'm calling... Cordero Patterson, 300 yards total. <laughs> Calling it in the air, on the ground, receiving all of it. If, if they get Hot that take. that camera on him where it follows him throughout the kickoff return, <laughs> uh, he might Scoring. he might score three of those. Like, who knows? <laughs> if they do that every time, like he's like, oh god, the camera's on. Him. <laughs> oh, all right. Seahawks, Rams. This was a weird one that me and Anton were discussing yesterday. I, I mean, they've been volatile. I think Jacqueline Hive is what he said yesterday, and I think that's really really good uh, comparison for these teams. We've seen the MVP let Russ cook, awesome Seahawks, and then we've also seen the like, I'm going to have my defense play like shit, and uh, I'm barely going to move the ball type of Seahawks and we're going to win like 13-10. to 10. And then we've also seen the Rams in a similar situation. We've seen the Rams where Jared Goff has like 3-4 touchdowns, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, they're all clicking. And we've seen the uh, terrible uh, Jared Goff throws four interceptions and loses to the Jets. So, <laughs> like, it, it's weird. They're both teams in the playoffs. They've seen, like, they've looked like a playoff team, and they've also looked like a team from the NFC East. So, what do we <laughs> what do we do here? Who, who's winning? I mean, it's Russell Wilson in the playoffs. Like, I'm just going to pick him. But, I don't know. Anton, you probably know more about both these teams. Uh, the thing with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks teams of pass is, you've noticeably seen Russell Wilson have to put those teams on his back. But I think this team is a lot more talented. Obviously, we saw that through the first four games of the season when he was getting MVP votes. But, like, is he even getting – is he in that conversation anymore? Like, is he even a top three candidate? Yeah, you know, I agree. I mean, Russell Wilson has always carried the Seahawks, especially through the Legion of Boom and, uh, you know, all of that, you know, other, you know, supporting cast. Okay, that that was like two or three years of them being great. But that was like 2013. It's 2020, and, like, obviously you've seen, like, I forget who were they playing a couple years ago, but they had, like, white jerseys and blue pants, and they were just down big. I think it was a – I want to say it was the Panthers because that was the year that they Cam won. Newton. Yeah, I think it was the Cam Newton Panthers when they went on to lose in the Super Bowl to the Broncos. But no. yeah, but I that without all being said, it, it's going to come down to coaching and how the players play, um, like the star players play. So I'm probably going to take the Seahawks here. Um, the Rams have shown that they can get to the Super Bowl, but and obviously they have a great defense, but there's just been too much inconsistencies from their side. If it was the, if it was last year's team, then I would have been a little bit more com- a lot more confident in the Rams to beat the Seahawks in this game. Um, I think that it's like one thing we really didn't discuss is we're not really sure if Jared, Jared Goff's going to play. It could be Wolford. 
um, which a lot of people are taking like into a huge account. But I actually don't think there's that huge of a difference between Wolford and Goff. I, that's that's a really hot take, I feel like. But Wolford came in and played pretty much like a Jared Goff-esque game last week. Maybe we don't see the high-end Jared Goff with Wolford, but we see at least like the middle-tier Jared Goff with John Wolford. He can execute the offense with Sean McVay in his brain, playing playing quarterback through someone else's body, which is essentially what he does every week with Jared Goff. But I'm also going to take the Seahawks. I think just Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett are just going to be too much at the end of the day. Aaron Donald, obviously one of the best defensive players in the league. I just don't think that they're going to be able to do enough against the Seahawks. Uh, moving on to the final game here, Washington football team, Alex Smith. He's risen from the dead and against, you know, Tampa Bay and the GOAT, the GOAT himself. Tommy B! Hagan, I know you want to get into this. All right, all right, all right. So the fact that Chase Young had the audacity to say he's coming for the king? You come for the king, you best not miss, homie. Like, I, you cannot... You Like, of all the fucking quarterbacks in this league, you choose that one to say those words about? Firm Michigan fan here, folks. Firm Michigan fan. Firm. But, like, I mean, regardless of all that, I mean, Michigan hasn't been relevant. We're not talking about that. You're talking about like the most like the most meticulous quarterback to ever walk onto a football field, and you are gonna talk that trash. I don't, dude. Okay, Tampa by forty. Tampa by forty. Hundred <laughs> percent. Say up, really? NFC fucking East, Washington. Like, hey, five and one with Alex Smith. That is true. Keep that in mind. Five Whoa. and one. That is true. Whoa. They have looked like a much better team with Alex Smith. The at defense the home. is legit. You can't talk shit on the defense. It's there. Yeah, Montez like, Sweat, Chase Young, like that's a solid group. Like, yeah, I wonder if Montez Payne. and Chase Young can really hold down A B and, you know, all of their offensive weapons. Like what do I'm you not mean? I'm not going I'm just saying, like, Washington's been a good defense this year. We'll see. I think it's going to come down to talent we'll versus coaching. Tune in next week. And there's we'll just there's just too much talent on the Buccaneers roster on both sides of the ball. And obviously, uh, Ron Rivera has coached them up and had them play really strong against some tough opponents. But Tom Brady in the playoffs, it's hard to bet against that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going against Tom Brady. I'm picking the Bucks, And I'm, I also think they're going to win by a lot. I just really want to just hang in some shit there. Yeah, I mean, no disrespect <laughs> to Tom like, Rivera. Like, dude's a badass human being. They should Absolute not be in the playoffs. Being, they should not be in the playoffs like, right Yeah, now. they should not. No. But Ron Rivera's done a good job of them can't discredit what he's done. For Although, everything he's going through, too? Yeah. Absolutely. It's a team you can root for. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. But at the end of the day, uh, the wide receiving core for the Washington football team Couldn't consists tell you three of, them. of, like, what is it, Sims, uh, McLaurin, who's kind of a beast, and yeah. then, like, Logan yeah. Thomas. They, that, that team... What about that? A former quarterback yeah, turning tight end. He's actually a pretty good Falling out, yeah. yeah. But then you have Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, maybe Mike Evans, O.J. Howard, Old ass Gronkowski, like they've been, they've been just so potent offensively. I just can't go against them. And my hot take for the episode is, I think that Tampa Bay is going to the Super Bowl. I think they're making it. I think they're going to the Super Bowl, and I think they're going to face the Chiefs. I don't think you get any complaints from Hagen there. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. I could definitely see it. I'd be smiling a little bit. Where'd all that there. faith go in Tom that you just had, like? You don't think he's yeah, gonna? You're just pretty hyped about that. What happened to that? I'm smirking over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say my hot take. I know everyone's not gonna love this, but I think I wish Cleveland didn't make the playoffs this year. Bro, what are you talking about right now? 
That is explain, scorching. Explain All right. Scorching. All right. Yourself right. All right. All right. Hear me out. We are going to the playoffs with yeah. Andrew Sandejo in our secondary. Yeah. He's a god. What are you? What are you talking about? I could hit you. He's a superstar X Factor in Madden. I could he's, hit you. He's just a. He's a monster. Have you I not think seen his blonde, his bleach blonde hair poking. Could out you please imagine? He's stolen. Delp it back. Maybe a couple moves in dra- in the draft. Maybe a couple moves trading, free agency, whatever in the offseason. After a pretty good year, above 500. Say we miss the playoffs, whatever. Say, we say, come back next year and have an 11 win season with an actually great defense. Okay, but why can't we just like make the playoffs now and then also do those things? What's what like, are the expe- some experience? What are the expectations in Cleveland going to do that to that team the following year? That is that is the hot take. Like. I think when you put, you got to be able to rise to those expectations if you want to be a legit team for a while. You have to be able. To you're talking that. about Cleveland, like the Cleveland Browns franchise. I don't think we're talking about the same Browns franchise we've had in a while. We have a good coach. We have a guy that has been able to get guys to work hard and play for him, and we have a quarterback who's stable. Like at the very minimum, he's a middle of the the league franchise esque quarterback. He's around that like Stafford, Kirk Cousins range if he consistently plays like this. I think that there's a like a really good young offensive line in place for the future. Yeah. Good weapons in place for the future. We don't even have Odell right now. I think that if we had Odell and this offense had started clicking with Odell, <coughs> we'd be even talking about a different Browns team. I, did, I don't think Odell is good in our offense. So, I mean, trade Odell away, get us a defensive Tell me I'm wrong. What, what has our offense done with Odell than without? We have been more effective in every category of Football on the offensive side of the ball with him not in the game. I think it's just Baker forcing it to Odell, and I think they just need to get on the same page, and Odell's going to need to understand that it needs to be spread around. And I think Odell getting hurt and now seeing it firsthand might have helped that situation. I think he might now understand that it's not just about Odell, and it's about everyone else, and it's not just about Jarvis Landry. It's about all of the pieces on the offense, and that's how it's going to work. We can hope. I just think it'll be disheartening for the franchise to make it to the playoffs and then just get manhandled. That uh, that is my number one fear. Is to just be man. Say we beat Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, we and then we get, and then we lose the thirty points by any great quarterback. I mean, we'd probably we'd I be mean, facing the winner of the Titans and the Ravens, and I don't see us getting. Man- I mean, we did get manhandled by the Ravens before. But. All right, so let's say the Browns make it to the AFC Championship. That's already the best season we've had in, in such a long time. Absolutely. I don't think anyone's mad, even if we get manhandled by the Chiefs. I think everyone goes into next season excited with some promise. All we right. have some cap. We have picks. I'll rescind my hot take, I guess. But all I'm saying is I feel like if we took one year to have like a really good season, kind of get hopeful, and then just keep the expectations on the down low, make our moves, get Delpit, get our secondary back, get everyone back. And then make a run. I think completely different franchise, com- completely different feelings in the city. Completely everything. Everything changes. I'm not as enthusiastic like right now. I don't see the Browns winning the Super Bowl, and that's how you should feel going into the playoffs. So I see where you're like where you're coming from, but I think next year we're gonna be Herbie like reloaded. Oh like, god, Lohan style. I know oh, that was an amazing god. joke. Lord. <laughs> uh, all right, I think oh, we're god. towards the end of the content after that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I'm going to end on a quote from Anton's Xbox uh, headset. Um, as Genghis Khan once said, it's clobbering time. Uh, throw it to Hoopa. And, uh, it's a direct quote. Uh, 
hopefully you guys tune in to next week's podcast. We're going to have the Thor the Hoopa God himself, Andy Schneider. Thor the Hoopa! Thor the Hoopa. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. Peace.